0: Amos chapter number 8 and verse number 1 thus hath the Lord God showed unto me, and behold, a basket of summer fruit. I've spoke with you on several occasions about this particular verse right here. And he asked Amos, What seest thou? And I said, A basket of summer fruit. Then saith the Lord unto me, The end is come upon my people of Israel. I will not again pass by them anymore. I talked to you this morning about that Samaritan woman at the well. This is Amos, a Jew from the southern kingdom as he preaches to the northern kingdom that soon became that off-scouring people of the Samaritans. And this was quite a strange message for them to hear at the very apex and the very glory of their kingdom And I've said this before here that it makes me feel this way like I'm sure Amos felt. Right in the midst of this, they must have looked at Amos like he was purple, had one big eyeball right in the middle of his head and just beamed in from planet Pluto. Amos, what are you talking about? Things are good. And you're telling us that God said the end is coming. Listen. However you meet God, you will not meet Him going out of this church not knowing preacher Mike told you the end is on you. This thing's over with, But If you're going to do business with God, you better not wait another day. The Word of God said that he saw a basket of summer fruit, and that's something that'll perish. Brother Wesley, there wasn't any way to can that fruit. There wasn't any way to put it up in a hole in the ground. It's something that it's got to be dealt with right then and there, Brother Jesse. Fruit don't last long. Right. The Word of God said the songs of the temple shall be howlings in that day, saith the Lord God. And there shall be many dead bodies in every place, and shall cast them forth with silence. Hear this, O ye that swallow up the needy, even to make the poor of the land to fail. Saying, When will the new moon be gone, that we may sell corn and the Sabbath, that we may set forth wheat, making the ephemeral small and the shekel great, and falsifying the balance by deceit? We may buy the poor with silver and the needy with a pair of shoes, yea, and sell the refuse of the wheat. If that ain't America, I'll eat your dirty socks. That's what people want to do. They, they say, I ain't got time for God in the church. Would you get this thing over with? We got money to make. Right, right. And you watch what's happening to folks' investments right now. Yes. The moth's eating it, buddy. Amen. Yes, sir. <laughs> and the Lord has sworn by the excellency of Jacob, surely I will never forget any of their works. Uh-oh. Shall not the land tremble for this? And every one morn that dwelleth therein. And it shall rise up wholly as a flood and shall be cast out and drowned as by the flood of Egypt. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon. And I will darken the earth in the clear day. I'll turn your feast into mornings and your songs into lamentation and I will bring a sackcloth upon your loins and baldness upon every head and I will make it as the morning for an only son and the end thereof as a bitter day. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor thirst for water, but for hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. That day shall the fair virgins and the young men faint for thirst. They that swear by the sin of Samaria. That's talking about that religion of that Samaritan woman I preached on this morning. They that swear by the sin of Samaria and say, Thy God, little G, old Dan liveth. The manner of Beersheba liveth, even they shall fall and never rise up again. Back in verse number nine, the Word of God said, It shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. Tonight, it is a very serious thing to be born a child of Adam. And a fallen, unregenerate race that's blind by sin and self. It's a fearful thing tonight for men, as Second Corinthians chapter 4 says, the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not. And it's a fearful thing for men to be blinded by Satan. But verse... Number 9 says, It shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. And if God be my helper tonight, I'll speak to you on the terror when God turns the light out. I watched folks this morning file out of this building and I noticed the opposition, I hope you did, in the building this morning. It's amazing after the way God showed up here Wednesday night, then you come in on Sunday morning, you got a bunch of devils come in, ain't interested in being here, but they got to show up just to make their appearance once a week and come in and grieve the Holy Ghost of God off everybody else and God's about to puke them out of His mouth and He will do that one day. And I watched folks file out that door this morning with a broken heart. As I watched individual after individual come by me knowing that they have absolutely no knowledge of the grace of God, knowing that they couldn't care less, they just want me to shut up so they can go to Fire Mountain or wherever it is they're going to have lunch. They ain't interested in God, but I'm going to tell you what, they're not going to die and go to hell not knowing God gave them an opportunity and God gave them a chance. But you see the judgment of God on Israel here. and There's a lot of applications. And one thing I see without a doubt in this scripture, God said there would come a day when men would want to know the truth. The Word of God tells us that there'll be a time, there'll be a place, that there will be certain individuals and certainly not everyone, but there will be those who would give anything and realize that there's a need for the counsel of God. Number two, their word of God says that men would reach a time that they would give anything to hear a message of hope and of help. And men would be willing to do, Brother Jesse, whatever they needed to do, to travel wherever they needed to go to and look wherever they need to look to find a message from God. I'm talking about a word from the Lord. I'm not just talking about standing up and preaching a sermon. We got sermons all over the land today. I'm talking about sometimes when you get a message that came direct from heaven. Listen, I don't hit a home run every time I stand this poor. I got enough sense to know that, but I will be faithful and preach this book as best I know how. But there's some times that God, in his tenderness and mercy and grace, sends us a word from heaven, and buddy, you better be here to hear it. Amen. Let me help you out with this. God will hold you accountable for every message you ever hear that comes from heaven. Let me help you a step farther. God will hold you accountable for every message you should have heard from heaven, but you didn't. But the Word of God said, number three, that no matter how bad they wanted it, no matter where they went to look for it, God said there was going to come a time they wouldn't find it. Boy, it looks like we have almost reached that in America today. Now, I'm I'm not so boastful and I'm not so proud and puffed up in pride. I think we're the only ones with the truth. I don't believe that. And don't you go out here and tell somebody we're the only church around got God that ain't true. But they ain't as many as folks think they are. And if you don't believe that, you just go to looking and you go to trying to find God around this land. And people say, "Boy, it's so good." I was down in Texas a little while back. I don't know; it's been a few years ago now. And we'd been out there trying to seek the Lord. We went to this little old church here and there, and we were in this particular town, particular church. And this old boy we knew, and his mama said, "Boy, you're gonna love our church. It's just so wonderful. And it's so good, and our pastor's so full of God." And we went to church that night. I was scratching my head wondering if I got in the wrong building because they wasn't in that one. Right. You hear some people's opinion of what God is, it means lively music. Right. You hear some of people's opinion about when God shows up and it's just got to do with somebody getting emotional. But I tell you, there's a big difference in just having an emotional hoopla service and the Holy Ghost of God showing up. There's times where the power of God shows up on a service that people will just weep. I've seen it, Brother Wesley. I've seen a thousand folks assembled together before and the man get up to lead singing and the Holy Ghost of God fell on that place. And I was sitting back on the platform and I looked up and that old boy was weeping and screaming tears next thing I knew he was laying prostrate out on the floor behind the pulpit weeping like a baby in the next few minutes I watched as nearly a thousand people were laying down on the ground everywhere weeping like little children and the Holy Ghost of God moved in power and I tell you when God's moving it ain't just a big hoopla a lot of folks got a wrong idea about what God is They think their emotions and some feelings just means God's there. And listen, your emotions are good, your feelings are good, but that don't necessarily mean it's God. The Word of God said that there'd be a famine in the land. Now, I know a lot of men expound these Scriptures, and I believe some have a lot of application, but I want you to see in verse number 11. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but the hearing of the words of the Lord. Now a lot of men say, and I'm not just rebuking them, that the famine that's coming is not a famine of the preaching of the Word of God, it's a famine of the hearing of the Word of God because people won't listen. I understand what they're saying and I see the application, but that is not the doctrinal interpretation of this scripture. All you've got to do is read the commentary on it. That's in the next verse. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north even to the east. And they shall run to and fro and seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. This is talking about people that would listen if they could hear it. It's talking about people that would gladly accept the word of God if they could get it, but they can't find it. It's talking about God sent the famine. God ain't sending them no word from heaven. A famine means a severe lack of food. I'll give you three reasons real quick, three primary reasons for famine. And number one is crop contamination and pestilence and disease in the crop. That's the layout of sin church age we live in. Where disease has crept into the church and sin has taken over. And the church is saturated and inundated with folks that's never been born of the Spirit of God. I mean, they come in and they're good moral folks and they don't mind to stand up in public. And first thing you know, some old deacon decides they need to be a Sunday school teacher. They filled our Baptist churches and today we've literally got churches packed with folks that's never known the grace of God. They've contaminated the field and you don't see much real fruit anymore. You don't see many real moves of God anymore because the Laodicean church has moved in. Now the Philadelphian church is still here, but let me explain that to you. But if we were to say that everybody on this side of the church is in the Philadelphian age... As you begin to die, you begin to move off the scene. Then folks from the Laodicean age begin to move over and fill those pews. That don't mean that every last single one in the church today is lost. Certainly they're not. There's some of you here born in the Spirit of God. But what that means is as many of the Philadelphians have vacated their place in the church, many Laodiceans have moved in and filled their spot. And we've literally filled churches in pulpits. I go all across America and get to preach the Word of God and I see men all over this nation, men all over the country that stand and fill pulpits and they are never been born the Spirit of God. I see that everywhere I look. There's folks all over this county, fell in pulpits, Brother Weston, ain't never been saved. I know men, I could call them by name and you'd know who they are tonight that do not have a testimony, that could not go back, Brother Jesse, and tell you when they got born of the Spirit of God and they're trying to pastor churches right here in this county. Boy, we're in a mess. Crop contamination, pestilence and disease. Another primary reason for famine is that there's no one to sow the seed. No real preachers. Now tonight I realize, and I'm not uh, such a smart aleck, I think I'm the only man preaching the Word of God. And the fact is, it's not that there's not some good preachers out there, there are a few. They just ain't much demand for them folks don't want them. They ain't interested in somebody that can preach. They're interested in somebody that's good with old folks and somebody that's good with young folks. They're interested in having an activities director and building them a family life center so the fat ladies can do aerobics and they ain't interested in preaching the word of God. But I'm going to tell you what we need to do We need to concentrate on preaching the word of God I'm telling you I believe with all my heart That's what gets me born into the family of God Is the preaching of the word of God I'm all for them CDs I'm all for God wherever you go son, I tried to pray my best for you to go down there and preach Like your head was on fire I believe in preaching buddy you, You're looking at a Baptist preacher that believes in preaching I don't care if we don't ever do nothing else in this place, but if we preach, that will get the job done. But I'm gonna tell you what, there's a lot of good preachers that's laid down on the battlefield because they got so beat down and got so weary trying to come. Do you have any idea how it makes me feel? to study and pray and try to dig from the Word of God and seek God and do what I have to do to try to hear from heaven, try to isolate myself and get away from this world, drive my poor wife nearly half crazy and try to hear from God, come in here, try to be full of the Holy Ghost and stand up and preach and stand here and wonder what we're so-and-so at. Well, their young'uns got ball practice tonight, and, you know, they got homework to do, and after all, it's just Wednesday night. You missed your cookie this past Wednesday night if you wasn't here. I'm going to tell you what. There'll be a famine in the land when we run out of preachers. I don't see a whole lot of young men coming up filling the ranks, Brother Wesley. I, I love to teach young preachers. I love teaching the Bible college. I've had some, some blessed opportunities and days gone by to teach young preachers. And I thank God for the fruit that He's let us bear. And I believe with all my heart. Second Timothy two two says, The things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And I love to teach young preachers. I just can't find a whole lot of them to teach. Because there ain't a whole lot of them going on anymore. We don't see a whole lot of God on a lot of men anymore. There's some that are really called of God. They just got so beat down and got so discouraged and nobody won't listen. Nobody won't hear what they got to say. And that's one primary reason that there's a famine and a lack of food is because they ain't meant to sow the seed. But I'll tell you another primary cause of crop failure is a lack of rain. In the Word of God, if you don't already know, this rain is a type of the moving of the Holy Ghost. You see, tonight we're blessed on this hill. We have the presence of the Holy Ghost. But you see, what we need is not just the presence of the Holy Ghost. We need the power. Amen. That's what we're lacking a whole lot of is the power. And that's what I'm trying to beg God. If He's got to break me and He's got to get some stuff out of me and help me, I want the power. I want to be able to come in here and have the power of God. When some of these precious law folks stumble through these doors looking for some help, that there'll be more than just enough Holy Ghost to let them know God's real, but there'll be enough to have power for the church to birth and the womb to be strong enough to give forth children. There's a lack of the Holy Ghost. But I want you to listen a second. Thessalonians chapter 2 verse number 7, the Word of God says, For the mischief of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let till he be taken out of the way. That's speaking of the Holy Ghost of God. That means that the reason that evil has not absolutely completely 100% taken over the church is because the Holy Ghost holds it back. You think about some of the services that you've come in here and it's like the devil's had a chokehold on this church. You just think about that for a second. And you think about some of the services we've come in here and God the sweet Holy Ghost has breathed through here like a breath of fresh air. But what do you think it'd be like if the Holy Ghost was to back off and leave? The devil would just have a chokehold. And the Word of God says that there's coming a day when the church, the true born-again believers are going to be snatched away, caught up to be with the Lord. And the Word of God said, Then shall that wicked, capital W, that's a proper name for the Antichrist. Then shall that wicked be revealed, and not until then. We're not going to know who he is till the church is gone. I ain't going to worry about it. Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. With all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Why? Because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause God, not the devil, not the flesh, not sin. And for this cause, verse 11 says, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And here in Amos chapter number 8, verse number 7, the word of God said, The Lord has sworn by the excellency of Jacob, Surely I will never forget any of thy works, their works. Shall not the land tremble for this? And every one... Morn that dwelleth therein, and it shall rise up wholly as a flood shall be cast out and drowned as by the flood of Egypt. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. You say, preacher Mike, why in the name of heaven would God turn the lights out? Because men love darkness. And God's gonna give them exactly what they want. And Betty, I'm gonna tell you what the sweet Holy Ghost of God comes by your little way begins to tug on your little heart strings. You better not run from him. You better run to him just as hard as you can go. The sweet Lamb of God stands with his arms open to receive sinners tonight. But that invitation ain't always going to be there. We're ending ending up this thing. We're winding her up, Brother Wesley. We're at the end of the road, buddy. I'm telling you we're at the very tail end of the church age. All you've got to do is open your eyes and look around. Hey, we ain't got another 30 or 40 years. I don't think we got another three four years, I want to see him. I love him. I love him. He's my friend. And he's going to rescue me out of this body of sin, this miserable mortal that I am. And I bless his holy name. Ain't going to be no more struggles. Ain't going to be no more oppression. Ain't going to be no more depression. Ain't going to be no struggles with this body, with sin anymore. I'm looking forward to getting out of this mess, Brother Jesse. But when I do, all hell's going to break loose on planet Earth. The Holy Ghost of God will still be the Holy Ghost of God. He'll never cease to be the Holy Ghost of God. But his ministry in the body of the local church and the hearts of believers will cease as we know it. There will be no drawing power of the Holy Ghost as we know it. God will change the dispensation and begin to deal with the nation of Israel and every man, woman, boy, and girl who have heard the gospel in power rejected the wooing of the Holy Ghost of God will be damned. John 3.19 said, This is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth light neither cometh to the light lest his deeds should be reproved people don't want to be reproved they don't want to be told they're wrong folks don't want to admit they're wrong folks do not want to admit they're just lost you know that right. how much trouble some of you had ever getting to the place you can just admit you're lost right. Right. and if you hadn't ever got to that place you'd still be on your way to hell right. yes. and the word of God said Man. he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. You know what? Tonight, let me just tell you this in closing. You don't have to be afraid of the light unless you're in love with darkness. You don't have to be afraid of a Savior that loved you enough to bleed and die for you. You don't have to be afraid of one that cares so much for you that he's willing to forgive you. You don't have to be afraid of one that loves you so much that he's willing to take away all the sin and all the shame and all the reproach. One of my dear spiritual children that I love with all my heart talked about how that when they were lost, they were so afraid they had an addiction. And they were so afraid that they couldn't be saved or if they got saved that they wouldn't be able to live it, Brother Keith, because they wouldn't be able to give that addiction up. Not understanding that the Christ that loved them and died for them and gave His blood for them was strong enough and powerful enough when He saved them to take that addiction away. Right. They found that out later. Amen. But that sure was a stumbling block to start with. Yes. Yes. But I'm going to tell you tonight, you don't have to be ashamed if you're lost. You don't have to be ashamed if you're a sinner. You didn't do anything to get that way. You were just born after your daddy Adam. Right. But it sure is a shame to stay that way once God reveals that to your little heart. Boy, He wants you and He loves you. And you do what you must tonight. I'm not trying to scare you. Let me help you. You can't scare somebody into getting saved. There's no, that, that's not possible. You can't do that. People are born by the Spirit of God and the drawing of the Holy Ghost of God and responding to the call of God by faith, by grace through faith. You you don't scare somebody into getting saved. But I do want to warn you with all of my heart tonight you say no to the Holy Ghost of God and there'll come a day God will turn the light out. There ain't no guarantee God's gonna stay in Flint Hill Baptist Church. I hope He does. I believe with all my heart He's gonna stay here till He gets here, Brother Wesley. I believe that. But there ain't no guarantee. We could mess this thing up, drop the ball, fumble this thing, fall flat on our face, and God be so grieved He'd leave our presence. Where you go next? Oh, go fish around. God ain't everywhere you look. Well, I'm telling you, God's given us something precious tonight, and I love Him, and I thank Him. I don't even know how to appreciate, Brother Wesley, what God's done for us. I don't know how, but I want to. I love Him. But I warn you solemnly tonight, if the sweet Holy Ghost of God's dealt with your heart, you can come up with every excuse you can think of. Surely it must be someone else's problem. Surely it's my husband's fault. Surely it's my wife's fault. Surely it's my children's fault. Surely it's mom and daddy's fault. But if God, the sweet Holy Ghost, draws on you and nudges you, it's your fault. You need to deal with it. It's your problem. It's your sin. And God wants you. He loves you. You say no long enough, there'll come a day he'll turn the light out. And you'll grope like a blind man in darkness feeling for the door. And you'll never find it. I watch folks, I'm not being a smart aleck, I watch folks, Miss Brenda this morning walk out of this building. I believe I could count seven individuals in a row this morning that I believe with all of my heart, Brother Keithy, are totally 100% unaffected by the Holy Ghost of God. I don't know if they're reprobate or not. I don't know, but I believe with my heart they are not moved by the Holy Ghost of God. And I believe that comes from men and women hardening in their hearts time after time that God speaks to them. And for whatever reason, they stub up and say no. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's a host of 10,000 other things. But God, the sweet Holy Ghost, loves us. He has done so much to meet with us in the past few weeks and months and even the past few years. He's met with us. He's blessed us with His presence. I do not want to take that for granted. I do not want to take that for granted. I don't want to waste a service. The devil tried to steal this service from us tonight. He tried to steal that from us earlier this afternoon. tried to steal it from me. He's a thief and a liar because he knows God's moving and God's trying to really genuinely help folks that will really genuinely receive help. It's about nice closed.